Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey I idolized Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as the team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry. I'll hang up and listen. I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Welcome, everybody, to I'll Hang Up and Listen, brought to you by Outlet Listen, the place to buy a case over on Georgia Boulevard for all your Sabres game night needs, game day needs, and, of course, your needs for the Super Bowl tomorrow. Get over to Outlet Liquor. Uh, and as uh, as uh, as I go through my shtick there in the beginning, peanut calorie is already uh, filling up. Mauricio is already coming in hot. Uh, yeah, definitely a lot to talk about. Um, yeah, I wish I could say that blame you know blame the long layoff you know for that performance they had they had a rough one too uh their last game going into the all-star break but I mean other teams had long layoffs too and I I think that was probably by far the worst game by any single team in the league coming off the all-star break I mean you had eight total shots after two two periods of play uh against another team coming off a layoff like it, it just there's no excuses for it. Um, goaltending looked horrendous, even though he came up with some big saves. Uh, you know, to try and keep him in the game when it was 4 2. Um, but just top to bottom, there's really nothing to find a silver lining in uh, tonight, Connor, or today, Connor. Yeah, it was really embarrassing. Um, I was talking with a few people right at the end of the second period. That might be the worst period of Sabres hockey I've seen in years. Uh, that was just – it was bad effort, but for the most part, it just – it comes down to execution. They they weren't able to generate anything. There were no Nothing. legitimate scoring chances. There, were, there was no rush. They couldn't get themselves out of the neutral zone. Uh, Calgary, I think, obviously had a pretty good plan in place, and teams have done that to the Sabres this year. They, they understand what they want to do. They want to run a gun. They want to get up the ice. They want to transition with speed. Um, and bigger physical teams like that, who also do have some skill, uh, have been able to slow down the Sabres a little bit this season. Um, in certain games, they've been able to figure it out. Um, but I think this is – its I'm really at a loss for words with trying to compartmentalize everything that happened after the Sabres went up 2-0. Um, it was just a it was really abysmal result. And – it leaves you wondering where do they go from here? Um, 
something's got to happen, of course. And I will get into this discussion about moves that need to be made, but uh, yeah, that was just an uninspiring effort and a lot of questions need to be asked. Yeah. And, and to that, to that point, um, the trade deadline's a hot topic right now. Um, as I told you before coming to the show, I was getting into it with somebody on, on the Twitter machine and essentially saying that, you know, why you should be the GM. You want to give up assets to make this team better now. They're bad. Now, I don't think the team is bad. Uh, are they overachieving at times? Yes, absolutely. But I think you have a good core here, and the playoffs aren't out of the question, even after that performance. Um, you got to kind of dust yourself off here. It sounds cliche and get right back into it. Um, but if you're Don Granado after that second period – like you gotta be, you got, I mean, I'm not saying I condone that type of style of coaching, but you gotta be throwing garbage cans or something in that locker room to fire them up. They look like they were skating in the mud uh, or sand or however you want to board it. Uh, that entire second period, like th- their feet were not underneath them. Maybe the whole team shouldn't have been boozing, you know, d- during their all-star break. I mean, I, I say that lightly because every team is t- entitled to have some time off to themselves hundred percent, but it literally looked like a team that spent, a full week in the sun boozing it up for sure. Like yeah. without a doubt, that looked like a team that had spent a good part of their time off uh, doing damage to their bodies. And uh, I don't know, man, I, I, like I said, I've been a big advocate of making sensible, a sensible deal or two at the deadline to give this team a chance. Because personally, I think another second half collapse does this franchise a lot more harm than it does good. I really do believe it. I think you have the fans back. Um, they're engaged again. They want to be at games. Like they had a pretty good turnout from the looks of it on TV for the most part. Uh, you know, today. Um, I know it was like a kid's day or something like that. Regardless, they looked like an okay turnout. Like this time last year, like you were lucky if you had 8,000 people in that state, in that arena. You were lucky to, to be at 50% capacity. You're, you're, you're nearing 14,000 plus again, um, digging yourself out of the basement in terms of attendance. And the last thing this organization needs is another second half, second half collapse. You, we just, you just can't justify it. So if that means parting ways with a first or a second round pick and a roster player to bring in a guy with some term left, uh, that's going to help you team. I don't, I don't even care if you lose in the first round. I do not care. Get this team to the playoffs. Get this fan base to the playoffs. Like, I'll tell you right now, like, this city for that week and a half will be absolutely fucking electric again. It will be. And to to think that you should stand put when you're this close again and not do anything is, it's honestly, it's just, it's poor management. Yeah, they absolutely need to do something. Um, I was just looking at the Sabres home record, uh, 11, 14 and two at home. Uh, that's just unacceptable. I, I don't know how they don't get up for home games, especially a game like this. You mentioned, I mean, Sabres three to four best players were down in the Bahamas all week. It looked like it was an actual hangover um, Literally. Aside from the first five minutes when they were probably excited to be back. The Tage goal was unbelievable. Even middle stat came through with a nice goal. Um, but Aside from those two scoring chances, they didn't they didn't have much. Um, and it might be the best time to go on a Western road swing right now. Um, the Sabres yeah. have played well in the past. I've gone to a lot of games out here in L.A. in the past seven years, and they typically play play the Kings well. And, and the Kings have always been pretty good. 
Um, so Monday night, 7.30 game out here. Um, I'll be there after that game. It's made it a lot less exciting, unfortunately. But this team has played significantly better on the road this season. Um, thankfully, the Ducks will be after that, and the Ducks look absolutely horrible. They conceded 60 shots to the Penguins last night. Uh, Gibson mm-hmm. was unbelievable. He set a franchise record, I think, with 53 or 54 saves, and they still lost 6-3. to three. Um Looks like one of my beer league games, to be honest. Um, but yeah, it, it, it may be coming at the right time. I think this group kind of thrives on being together, uh, being underdogs, being in a controlled environment. Uh, for some reason, they can't get up for these home games, which just doesn't make sense to me. And they have it in, in full buildings, but it looked like today was a full building. Um, yeah, look pretty so cool. Yeah, I, I think obviously to switch up the culture, um, to switch to just kick kick him in the butt a little bit. Anything in the bottom six, any type of defenseman. I think the goaltending is what it is, and it's gonna you're gonna be hard pressed to find a goaltender at this time of year unless it's Demko. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I something absolutely has to be done because you could lose this fan base pretty quickly. Um, yes. you, start, you you started to gain it back. Uh, this is the most promising the Sabres have been in seven to seven to eight or nine years. Um, so. These next couple of weeks, it's it's incredibly important, and we'll we'll see what Kevin does. Yeah, I uh, and again, you don't have to make moves like groundbreaking moves, right? You don't have to go out and get Jacob Chicker. And in fact, I mean, I'm not trying to to, to validate or justify going to get Jacob Chicker. Would it be nice? Sure, but if you're looking to make moves, and I'm not sure defensively, um, I know of some guys, you know how they're coming along in the pipeline defensively. But I know Ryan Johnson's a big question mark. I know he's 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 a higher end prospect, but it's a big question mark whether or not he's gonna sign at the end of this college season. Um, I I don't know. I, I I'd be totally willing to make a deal for a Jacob Trickern and have him for the next two years, knowing that defensively maybe you don't have you're not as deep in the pipeline as you are up front. Um, again, I'd have to I'd have to look and see how players are thriving in junior and in back in, in Rochester. I, I'm not familiarized with that, but um, but again, go get a guy like Luke Shen. Luke Shen, eight hundred fifty thousand dollar contract. You know, you see kind of what it might cost to get a guy like him. Um, maybe a third round pick at most. I can't see it being more than that. Um, I I'd be all for that. All for that. He's a big body, tough defenseman. He's a guy you can he can be uh to power what Samuelson is the Darlene, maybe. You know, if you pair them together, if, if you can make it work. Um again, I, I just I, you need something on that second pairing because Henry Yoki Haru and Jacob Bryson and whoever else you decide to flop besides Clegg, those guys aren't working. Those guys aren't working. If you want to be a playoff team, and I, as I said earlier, playoff hockey is a different brand of hockey. Um, it's not, it's, is it about being the more skilled team? Absolutely. But it's also about being the more physical team who wants it more, who's willing to do whatever it takes to to get there. And if you're not that team physically, you're going to get dummied in the first round. You are. And here I'm not, I don't mind losing in the first round, but don't, but, but don't lose in an embarrassing fashion in the first round where you're just completely out, you know, out, not just outplayed, but out physically embarrassed. Um, and I think they need to get tougher. A hundred percent, they need to get tougher. And again, that second line with Cousins, Quinn, and Paterka, 
out Quinn and Paterka, they disappear too often. They do. Like, you can't have Dylan Cousins constantly carrying that line. You have to find it. If those two can't pick up the slack or, you know, carry their own weight, you have to bring in somebody who can, who, who, who can slot in there next to Cousins, maybe a Brock Besser uh, or a Timo Meyer, um, who can, you know, make that a legitimate, consistent second line, or go find a centerman who can make other wingers on this team better and slide that second line down to your third line. You know, much like, not not exactly, much like the way we were in 05, 05 to 07 with Max, Roy, and Vanek. You know, that was your third line for two years. It's not an indictment against them. It's more being deeper in the in, in, in the best possible position down the middle. That, that's just my opinion. Yeah. Um, I just looked at the hits for the game today. It was 25 to 8, Calgary. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, I think that tells you all you, you really need to know. Uh, they were completely out-muscled. Uh, what was the shot count? I, I, I didn't look in the third period at the end. The the shot total ended up being uh, 40 to 23, uh, which is just like, I think it's way worse than that. Uh, it was 30 oh. to four at one point. I think uh, mm-hmm. at one point in the second period, it was 30 to four. Um, I think the lack of physicality has a lot to do with that. Um, they couldn't get the puck deep. They couldn't establish a forecheck. Even the power play, I think it's been a consistent issue when they try to carry the puck into the zone. Uh, other teams just tend up to line up two forwards, maybe one defenseman, right on the blue line, and they're able to stop them almost immediately every single time. The power play has been horrible. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot wrong right now. And as excited and as optimistic as we were after that road trip uh, leading into the Hurricanes game. Where they took, what was it, right. seven, eight points? Yeah, turn turn it 180 degrees after the Hurricanes and, and the Flames game. Um, this team, you can clearly see, as you mentioned with Paterk and Quinn, they're young yeah. and they disappear. Um, as promising as they were earlier in the season, uh, and at times they have been since, um, their games aren't quite there yet. Um, I've had friends mention to me that they'd be they'd be fine with seeing Quinn go uh, in a potential deal, whether that be for Meyer or Chikrin or anyone else. Um, yeah, Kevin's got to take a hard look at everyone not named Tage, Skinner, Tuck, Cousins, Dalin, Power, Samuelson. Like, you got to look at the rest of the roster. Uh, maybe not a, a post on Gergensen's because they fill a role and they're the only guys that really do have a level of physicality on the team. But everybody else, you got to look at with a fine tooth comb and you see, like, is this. Are these guys going to help us get to the playoffs this season? And not only this season, moving forward, when the window is going to be wide open for this team to compete, yeah. or at least it should be. Um, so, yeah, you, you really got to take a hard look at this because otherwise it, this could get ugly really, really quick. Yeah, I'm looking now. I'm watching some of these goals. Uh, you know, Dennis Gilbert, Buffalo Buffalo uh, area kid, getting getting a goal tonight. I'm sure his family was in attendance. You guys always do that for some reason. Yeah. Back to Buffalo and they always score. I, I've yeah. Kane's the obvious one, but I feel like it happens pretty often. I remember Kane's first game uh, against Buffalo was rookie season in Buffalo. Uh, he scored so fast off the opening draw. His dad wasn't even in the seat yet. His dad didn't even see yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, some of these goals, UPL played terrible. I mean, yeah. I mean, the game. did he get help? No. But there were there were some saves out there that you look at and you're like, those are shades of the UPL I knew from last there season. There are a few soft ones for sure. The Gilbert one specifically. Um, later in the game, like I don't fully one that was bad. 
Yeah, I but five two, not eight minutes left in the third period. We've all been there. Uh, at that time, you're not necessarily as motivated as you were earlier in the game. Obviously, the Gilbert one is huge. I think the third goal where it went in between his arm. Obviously, yeah. any goalie will, will be upset with that. You, you got to keep it tight. You got to yeah. control the rebound. A lot of steely eyes. Yeah. Um, but that's the guy that the Sabres have anointed as the number one goalie. Uh, obviously, yeah. he's exceeded expectations this season. And he's kind of come into his, his own a little bit. But you got to look at that, too, and be like, hey, like this may not be as sure as we thought it was the past few weeks. Um, yeah. Gotta, you maybe give Comrie a shot on Monday night or maybe Anderson for some stability. I wouldn't be surprised if they go Anderson on Monday, to be honest. Um, against, the, against the Kings? It's, it seems like he's provided them a little bit of a reset every single time they've, they've thrown him in, whether it's his, his stats. Good. Yeah, I mean, he's he's had a relatively good season, and we're talking for a 41-year-old. So I hope he's in that, to be honest. I, I really hope they they play him against the Kings because the Kings can come hard. They generate a lot of chances. Fiala and Kempe have had amazing seasons. Mm. Um they have a pretty solid defensive core. Their, their goaltending is also not that good. But, yeah, I really hope they go with Anderson on Monday. Yeah, um, Anderson or Comrie for sure. Um, Comrie, was his last performance that was – The Jets. The Jets, and it was a win. Yeah. It was, it was a 3-1 win. I think it was a 3-1 win or it was a 3-2. He played uh, very well. Yeah, it was, it was 3-2. Sabres were up 3-0 for, yep. for the game. They got yeah, a you thought he was going to pull the goose egg out and, yeah. uh, in the third period they gave up two. Uh, we'll check in on the peanut gallery. No comment, loss for words, no back-checking, no support, poor puck management, no hitting, no physical presence, no grit. Sabres, forwards, including Cousins, Quinn, and Krebs, could become amateur, pasty turnover, pastry turnover. Lots to unpack there. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll correct, though, to be honest. I yeah, guess. he's not wrong. He's not right. wrong. It was a really, really poor performance, poor effort, everything about it. UP looks shaky, poor position, needs to stand taller, follow and scope the puck. Let Comrie take goal next few games. UPL has lost confidence. Hold their defense and forwards accountable. Be a leader. Um, Again, in terms of the confidence thing, I don't know yet. Um, If we see another performance like that, then I would start to think that. But uh, definitely UPL, again, left a lot to be desired tonight. And I think he goes in the locker room knowing that, you know, it wasn't, you know, obviously it's not just on him, but yeah. he didn't do what he needed to do to get them a win tonight. Um, the entire room has to take a look in the mirror. After yeah. The game. They'll, they'll probably fly out tomorrow. Maybe they'll they'll take the night to decompress a little bit. Uh, but you got to turn the page pretty quickly because if you don't get, like you said, four or six, five or six on this, on this Western road mm-hmm. swing, then you may be out of it pretty quickly. The Capitals are playing the Bruins today uh, on the road. So mm-hmm. hopefully that – is a loss for the Capitals uh, and the Sabres still yeah, have you need, you need to gain some points back with the, with the, with the, with the back-to-back losses it's over by any means, but if they keep showing, yeah. if they keep putting out efforts like that, it'll be over. Probably with, March. with Pittsburgh winning six to three late last night. And then you, you need, you need Washington to lose one against uh, you said they're playing they're playing the Bruins right now. Yeah, the Bruins right now. Okay. Yeah. We, we do have a score on that. Uh, let's see. You would hope that the Bruins come out with a win there. Zero zero. Uh, five minutes into the game, okay. I mean they they are unbelievable at home, and they have yeah. been all season. Um, and the Capitals have been shaky, so yeah, yeah, that that would be helpful. That would be at least a little bit of a silver lining going into Monday. But um, yeah, yeah you all the help you can get, and you gotta gotta look in the mirror after that one and do the exact opposite. Exactly. 
Um, Jeffrey Jenks, if GM, uh, if, you know, Kevin Adams doesn't address a lack of physicality by the trade line, I'm not going to be a happy camper. I, I agree. He like, you're, you're too soft. I'm not saying this is a soft team, but in terms of the team, the makeup, you like, again, it's great to feel the vibes that that's a new buzzword, right? Vibes. Oh, they have the vibes. Like, I'm glad that we all feel like this team has the vibes, the right vibes you want in your locker room. That's fantastic. Great. I'm happy about that. But business, hockey is business, and business is winning games, and winning games gets you to the playoffs. Um, if you get this team to the playoffs physically, they're going to get dominated. Yeah. They're too small, too young. Um, not, to, not to say that I wouldn't be happy with, with a playoff appearance, maybe one or two playoff wins. But at the end of the day, like, you just don't want to be embarrassed physically. And right now, I mean, Labushkin was brought in the offseason to be kind of a physical presence that blew on. He has, he had one moment uh, in today's game, but he hasn't really been the same guy since that early season injury. No. Like, he just hasn't been. It seems like he's getting injured every time he throws yeah. a baseball, too. And aside from him, it's Darlene, Oposo, and Gergensen's. And Cousins. And Cousins, yeah, every now and then. But yeah, there aren't too many guys that are willing to lay their body on the line. And I don't want Tage doing it. No. Well, like, I don't necessarily want Tuck throwing his body around. Like, those guys have filled their role all season, and that's generating scoring chances. And yeah. Nothing to that. But and you yeah. got to bring someone in on the bottom six or on the decor that can throw their body around because right now no one else is doing it. And, and here's the thing. Like, and we'll, we'll talk about this in a little bit, you know, the makeup of this team and the good contracts that Kevin Adams has some of these guys locked into. Um, it's great that you like right now you have three of your core pieces in Samuelson, uh, Tage and cousins. You have them locked in till 2030 at less than a $20 million cap hit. I think it's like 18, five, 18, seven, five. That's unbelievable. Like you're possibly, I, I personally think Samson's already outperforming his contract personally. Yeah. He's giving you top, top pairing minutes. He's, and, he, and he's and I, I personally believe that he's a big reason why Darlene is having the season he's having because Darlene is finally out. <coughs> Excuse me. Darlene has finally found that compliment to him to his game where it gives him the ability to take more chances and be the defenseman that got him drafted first overall. Yeah. Um, but with that being said, to your point. You don't want two of those three guys always having to be the one that answers the bell or be the physical presence. Like, I love it that Samuelson's a physical guy, and he should be. But Dylan Cousins, you just got done paying him, you know, an eight, a seven-year extension uh, for seven points, over $7 million a year. You don't want him having to be the guy that has to go in there and throw affairs with somebody uh, whenever you have to stick up for a teammate. You Like, I, I just, you know, Darlene, the same thing. Like, you see Darlene do it, too. I love the chippiness out of Darlene, but even today, a couple times it was like uncalled for. Like, don't put yourself in those positions. Yeah. Um, I, I know that's why, you know, and again, I know the buzzwords of grit and playing with sandpaper, that's what they are, they're buzzwords, but they, they hold a lot of weight in most conversations, at least for me. Uh, I, 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 you, this team needs that. Like, I, 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 I think I might have mentioned this last time I was live with you, or maybe it was recently with a friend, but. This team is in desperate need of a forward like Keegan Colasar. Like, he would be a perfect fit on a team like this. A guy who can go out there. He's not going to give you a ton of scoring, 
Like he's not, you know, maybe he, maybe a little bit less than what Casey Middlestack gives you, but he's going to go out there and he's going to make teams second guess every time they're out there, and they're going to make they're going to make taking second test second guess about getting physical with your star players. You know, it, just because you're you, you want guys doesn't mean you want to bring them in to be a, to be an enforcer or a fighter, but you want to keep other teams honest, and that's what guys like that do. Um, I don't, I'm not advocating going to get friggin' uh, Ryan Reeves. I don't want Ryan Reeves. Yeah. I want a guy who's going to go out there and play like a Nick Delorier or a, you know, uh, a Keegan Colasar. So players like that, that are go- going to keep other teams honest and make them second guess every time they go into a corner or along the wall for a puck battle, or, you know, are going to, you know, bust you in the mouth. If you try and take Liberty with liberties with their, your goaltender or make it a harder time for you in front of your own net. Like that's what this team needs. And when I think, be getting more physical. That's what I want. And then obviously, again, I, I can't overstate enough. They need help on their blue line. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty apparent right now. Uh, Olofsson and, and Middlestad aren't going to do that for you. Can you imagine them in the playoffs? Um, it's just, it's not going to get it done. Uh, mm. You've got skill guys on the third line and it, it doesn't hurt sometimes, but at the same time, like you need that level of grit. You need that level of physicality and the Sabres haven't had that for a long time. So of course, like, yeah, that obviously needs to be looked at. Um, the defense in the same vein, uh, Yoki, are and Bryson are just, they're, they're getting, like, they're getting dummy. Um, they have no puck awareness. They can't move. Um, they no, can't no, no, no. It's so infuriating. <laughs> it's really bad. And they might've known that going in. Like, obviously it's, it's a relatively weak third pairing. Um, but they're getting exposed on a level that's just unsustainable moving forward. Um, did they have, did they have playing with power today? Um, so it must've been, so it was Dowling and Dowling and Samuelson power. Lately it's been obviously Yoki. How are you? Yeah. I don't know. Let's see. Like to start the season. I think they wanted that the guy to be Labushkin. And I think, uh, in the beginning of the season for a small, but he just hasn't lived up to that bill. Yeah. It might've might've been Labushkin, but either way, um, it's just not cutting it right now. Like you no. look at a team like the Bruins, they're they've been good for a long time, um, obviously. But this season specifically, they're just perfectly constructed. Um, yeah. All all of their defensemen have a little bit of skill, but they also have physicality. They have four lines that can both create chances and stop the other team. Um, they're on a points setting record pace for a reason. I think the new coach is helping a little bit. Uh, Montgomery is. Thankfully, he cleaned himself up, but yeah, it's it, if you watch them and the way that they play, of course, that's a level that's unrealistic for the Sabres to aspire to right now, but that's the model, and that's the team that you're going to be chasing for a long time. They're not going to go away anytime soon. They have a culture there. They have a level of commitment to that style of play that, gosh, they were in the, the Stanley Cup final in 2011, and I don't think they've missed the playoffs since, um, so it's it's a long road up to the top, to the mountaintop yep. for the Sabres team. And right now, like, you don't have to think about it at that point, but, like, you at least have to look at that and be like, what can we do to get even a tiny bit closer to that? And, uh, yeah, I guess we'll see what happens. But that's that's the model. Yeah. You know, and to your point about the Bruins, I mean, like, you look at all these teams, man. You look at the Bruins. You you, you look at, uh, you know, the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Colorado Avalanche, I mean, even though they haven't gotten past the first round in a fucking two decades or whatever it is, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs, 
the Capitals. Like their sustained success, um, you know, is you, you find those core guys. You, you, you keep like you know for the Bruins, it's always been Marsh and uh, you know uh, Bergeron. Now Pasternak, you know, I'm, I'm assuming they lock him in. There's no way they let him walk, right? He's gonna he's gonna get like 11 a year. Yeah, it's gonna be insane. And, you know, the the core guys that they've kept around. With, with with Tampa, it's always been Stamkos, Hadman, uh, 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 Braden Point, uh, Kucherov. You, you lock in those core guys, Vasilevsky. You know the, uh, the, uh, the you know the obvious names in Colorado with McKinnon. You know Gabriel Landeskog. You know Cal, now it's Cal McCarr. Um, and they're and continuously building around them. And the Blackhawks in their heyday when they were winning cups. Like you lock those guys in much like Kevin Adams is um, at discount, honestly locking them in early and not always having to rely on the draft to be like, again, you want, you want to build through the draft, but when you get yourself to a point, you don't value your first or second round picks as much as you used to. Right. Like, look at what look at what constantly Tampa Bay has been able to do at the deadlines, like constantly. And not not saying you have to go out and get rentals. Like, don't no, I don't want rentals. This team, unless again, I go back to Luke Shen, who's a guy who's a very low cost rental. Like, that's a guy who might be able to help you now. And if he likes the makeup of the team and likes the direction they're going in at the end of the season, maybe he wants to come on and sign for like another two year deal because I think he's like thirty three. Like, I'm not. We're not in the market for a rental. But there are deals out there to be had with teams like a Vancouver that's obviously looking to solve pieces. Arizona, who's very much in the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. Montreal, very much in the in the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. Teams that might have guys with term that are willing to sell off their their pieces for assets as long as you're willing to. And this being the last year that you can really weaponize your cap space with the cap expecting to go up in the future. Um, if there ever was a time to do it, now is the time. And I, I, you know, you look at the look up and down this roster. Who, who, who's staying and who's going? I mean, as we discussed, those ten names that are untouchable. I think obviously you look at it staying, but everybody else, everybody else on the roster, you look at and be like, I don't, I don't know if they're going to help us in the next, not only next two months, but next two to three years. Uh, okay. Middlestad Olsen at this point, like nice goal from Middlestad today. He does that every so often, but there's no consistency and there's no defensive physicality to his game whatsoever. No, no. Uh, I don't, I don't. Obviously, like, he's he scored goals recently, but that's about all he does. Mm-hmm. And if he's not doing that, then what is he offering? I don't think he had a shot on goal today. No. Um, Tyson, Tyson Jost is I, – I mean, I think he's been sort of a revelation, but that's the mold of the type of guy this team needs. Um, you mentioned yeah. Toronto hasn't made it out of the first round in however many years. I don't think there's any coincidence to that. And I kind of fear that the Sabres are built, at least in their current form, they're built way more like the Maple Leafs than they are the Bruins. Um, and if they continue along the same tra- trajectory of keeping all these skill guys up and down all four lines, uh, the defense only has one or two guys that can throw a hit and a below average goaltending, you're going to turn into the Maple Leafs. You're going to have Tage Thompson as your Austin Matthews. You're going to have Alex Tuck as your Mitch Marner. You're going to have... Jeff Skinner is your Alex Nylander and you're going to get to the first round and you're going to get dummy by a bigger, faster, just as skilled team. And then nothing's ever going to happen. So you look at the Leafs too, like, of course, like yeah. they're good. They're exciting. They're fun. But if you take the pulse of their fan base, 
they're all pissed. They all know what's going to happen. Um, so it's it's a warning sign for for where the Sabers are right now. And yeah, it, it's um, it's you could do anything to to make it not bad at the deadline. So hopefully they do. I'm only going to disagree with you in this sense, just because those guys are locked into such like expensive yeah. deals. Oh, for sure. Whereas you know Austin Matthews, once his deal is up. Like he's going to demand twelve million plus. You have Tage Thompson at seven point two million. No, exactly. Like Kevin's been much smarter. Yeah. In terms of um, present deal, like everything about it. Like of course, like the Leafs were a little bit desperate to get Marner and, and Matthews. Yeah. And they're done, but I'm just talking to specific type of players. Um, oh no, no, but the, that's where I agree with you though. But this is where I think that Buffalo could be better than the Leafs is because you have that flat, you know, you're, you're Darlene's getting probably 10, $11 million a season. Yeah. What, I mean, I don't know what power is going to demand. Now when he played last year, they burned the first year of his entry level deal, I believe. Right. I think so. Yeah. And now this second year. So this third year, it's entry levels are three-year deals there. You know, he's eligible to get re-signed or probably extended. I would say this off season. I would imagine, right? Yeah. I think I would say it's either, yeah, either this offseason or during the year yeah. next year, yeah. I think you got to do exactly with him what you've been doing with Samuelson, what you've been doing. You got to lock him in, all of these guys in long term. I mean, what's what is Owen Power going to demand? Like, is he going to demand seven to eight million? Not, I pretend I think as good as he's been this year. Um, I was even watching him today. It's the, the, the things he does is oh, for I'm, sure. It's uncanny. So I, I, if he can, he's only going to get better. Obviously, I, I think I saw someone uh, say the combo between Darlene and Power could be upwards of twenty-one million. Um, they could demand the exact to, same price. I tend to agree. Obviously, where he lacks in the offensive output that Darlene has was yeah. where maybe if you're Kevin Adams, you try and get in in his ear this off season and say, "Hey, we'll give you this same same term." 2030, $8 million on the table right now and see if he takes it. Cause I think he's worth every penny. He will be worth every penny. And if he yeah. takes that and you lock up Darlene, 10, 11 million dollars a year, and you get those two under $20 million a season, like, and you could have and you could have Samuelson, Darlene, um, Tage Thompson, Cousins, and all Owen Powers, all for five, all five of those guys for under 40 million. Yeah. Like that is where. And going back to your point, you could do better than where the, where the Leafs are and give yourself that flexibility because it, it's not that Kyle Dubas doesn't want to be like bring that type of makeup to his team. He's tried it with Wayne Simmons. You know, yeah. he's tried it with um, – didn't he have Kyle Clifford too for a moment? I think so, yeah. Like he's tried, you know, but those guys at that, at that point in their career can only offer you so much. For sure. Um, it's not like you're getting the Wayne Simmons from, you know – you know, his early day, early days in Philly that can give you that scoring touch. He's, he yeah. wasn't that guy anymore. Um, he, it's kind of like you're getting, you know, a, a less like Akposo is like a poor, like, a, you know, isn't a guy who's going to go out there and be as physical as Wayne Simmons or, you know, fight as much as say Wayne Simmons would. You know, that's not an indictment against Kyle Akposo. No. But um, you're going to give yourself the flexibility to go find those guys who can play a tougher, meaner game, but still provide you depth scoring and not just be there to fill a roster spot and set you send out there for eight to 10 minutes a night. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's absolutely got to be the target. 
Um, I'm not sure from a forward perspective in the bottom six exact names that are available. I feel like we should we should definitely look into that because that's what the fan base is going to be clamoring for. Um, the defense wasn't like necessarily the issue tonight because if you're being outshot 30 to four in the second period, like have as good a defense as you want. It's just it, that doesn't matter. Agreed. Um, I, I, Tage, Tuck, and Skinner generated some chances, but like even even they like they can get shut down pretty easily. So like if a team is going to throw all of their eggs in the basket in, in terms of shutting down the guys that they need to shut down, like you got to have some secondary support and the Sabres on a consistent basis, obviously they've gotten it here and there in certain games from Olofsson and yeah. middle stat here and there. And obviously early on with the, with the kid line with Paterka, Quinn and, and cousins, but at least recently um, it hasn't been there. So that is, it's gotta be a point of emphasis moving forward. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, just a recap, obviously, we'll, we'll go over the game notes here in a little bit, but a lot has happened in the NHL, obviously, over the last week since me and you were both on together. Uh, obviously, the big deal uh, off the island with uh, Bo Horvat getting dealt to uh, the Islanders. I don't think we've been able to touch on that and what that, you know, they locked him into an extension to. Um, you know, the chips are starting to fall. Uh, in terms of who who else was just traded um, as well to the Rangers, Tarasenko to the Rangers, which is a you know that kind of I guess that was a head scratching move for Patrick Kane, even though he didn't let anybody yeah, know he was pissed about it. I, which I don't understand because it's not yeah. like he was public about wanting to leave. He no uh, what, up until that point, from what I knew, like he was looking to pop, potentially sign an extension. He's mentioned things the past few weeks about like yeah, like if the right opportunity presents itself. Um, but I, the way he talked about it yesterday, I've actually never seen a player like publicly comment on a trade like that until yesterday. Um, it's really strange. Like you can tell he's unhappy, and it seemed like the Rangers was, was where he wanted to go. Um, so yeah, I mean, Terry I, don't want, I don't want him in Buffalo. No, I, I the way he's been, of course, like. I think you take his performance this season with a grain of salt, given how bad the Blackhawks are and the lack of opportunities he's had. But at this point in his career, like he's not the type of guy we need, at, at least at this juncture, um, as we've talked about, like the lack of grit, the lack of physicality, the lack of just creating scoring chances on your own. Like he's not going to do that at this point in his career. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I think everybody's in agreement for the first time ever. Like, yeah, we can we can punt on Kane at least at this deadline, and maybe see yeah. what happens in the offseason. Um, yeah, and that will be widely like determined based upon like what what Kevin does in these next few weeks. So, and he'll be he'll be what? Uh, I think he's thirty four now. Yeah, I believe right. But like in the right environment, like his game yeah. would be great. You know, like you slot him in on a first and second line on a really good team, whether that's the Bruins or the Hurricanes or even. They wouldn't trade him out west, probably. But like, yeah, like if you put him in the right environment, he'll be great. He's got some of the best hands in the league still, and he always yeah. will as long as he's there. Um, People are speculating with Dallas. If he's a true Buffalonian, he'll never go to Dallas or Toronto. <laughs> Stay away. That would be that would be a real gut punch. Um, but I mean, it is what it is. Uh, the Tarasenko deal was interesting, though. Like uh, a few a few of my friends who are Rangers fans weren't necessarily happy with it. I mean, he scored in his. First shot, I think, the other night. Nice. Um, quick. Encouraging. Um, he's obviously another very skilled player who doesn't really contribute on, on the defensive end. Um, the Rangers do have a lot of that. and Their defensive core is obviously really good. So maybe he's the Love perfect DeAndre Miller. Yeah, he's the potentially the perfect fit for them. Um, he obviously has an incredible amount of skill. So mm -hmm. we'll see what happens with that. I mean, 
have Shesterkin in that and you add guys that can put the puck in the net, like you're you're in pretty good shape. I think they were my preseason cup pick, to be honest, just with how amazing Shesterkin can be at his yeah, at his you know, Imagine uh, going that's like when we went from Hashik to Miller, going from Lundquist to Shesterkin. That's gotta be nice, right? Yeah, for sure. Um obviously the Bruins have kind of got rid of any doubt of who the favorite is now. Um I miss Allmark more and yeah, more. Wayman's a guy that could be, you know, on a different team come next year because sure. they're not going to need him. They, they don't need to split yeah. up that anymore. Like you, I, we saw it with Allmark. I said every season he was here, how unbelievably good he could be on a team with a better defensive system, oh. with better skilled players, with forwards that could actually score. And you're seeing it now. Like he's a very, very good goal. Um, I always knew he had the ability to be a, a legitimate one a yeah. uh, what irritated me uh, is that I thought they should have traded him at the deadline um, when he something. didn't, when he did not want to sign uh, in season. I think, you know, for me, you look at the history of that decision, you know, we we've dealt with that here in Buffalo. Chris jury did that, you know, when he was going to his UFA year, he didn't want to be distracted uh, with contract negotiations in season where yeah. for me, I mean, wouldn't you want to get that done and over with and have it in the rear view rather than, you know, deal with the constant questions from the media. When you hear players say, say stuff like that, it usually means that they're packing their shit. Yeah. But, I mean, if I were like, if I were all Mark, like, of course, why would you want to? Yeah. The types of the lack of support he had his entire time. Yeah. He was here. Um, I also read something that Regeer, also didn't like to do contracts during the season for some reason. I'm glad that Kevin Adams doesn't have that policy. Yeah. Uh, as we've seen with cousins and, and whoever else they've signed during the year. But um, yeah, it's, it's a tough one. I mean, all Mark would have been, he would have helped this team significantly. I think yeah. uh, the defense isn't great, but he's much farther along than where UPL is right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, they still got to figure out the net. Thankfully Levi looks great. Um his performance in the bean pot the other night. Was oh just, my God. Well, he just had a 50 plus save performance, I think last night. Right. Gosh, it's he, I didn't see that, but the dude is, he's incredible. That glove save he had in the bean pot when they're up to nothing. Oh, against BU was unbelievable. He unbelievable. is so good. He tracks the puck as well as any goalie prospect I've seen in a long time. He's so mm-hmm. quick. He, his angles, his squaring of the shot, everything about his game, aside from his height, which with the way he plays, I think he plays bigger than he is. Um, yeah, as as a goalie nerd, I just – I cannot wait to see what he can do. Um, yeah. He plays the way I want to play. Every time I play sometimes, I'm just like, be a little bit more like Levi. Be a little bit more like Levi. Yeah, right. Be, I, as, uh, be as good on your edges. Be as aware of where the puck is going at all times. But, um, no, he's he's unbelievable. And that, I, that's, I, that's a conversation we might have to get into if we keep going along this this, this – path that we're going on is the future i uh i skated early this morning from seven to eight uh with a bunch of the 11 day power play guys at harbor center and um like during the set i was i saw his gassed going into the game uh watching the game today and it it was funny first period ended two nothing obviously you only had four shots on that but two goals to show for it um and uh I just kind of dozed off after the puck dropped to start the second period. I remember, you know, it was around the 10 minute mark of the second period when I woke up, but I probably slept for a little bit longer that, you know, when we take whistles into consideration, I woke up and it was four to two. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Like what? 
it was two nothing, but I fell asleep. <laughs> like, Escalated really, really quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah literally. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I just again, you know, and I, I, I rewound it and watched the sloppy play, and just it literally looked just like they had ankle weights on, all of them. Like in their own zone when they were pinned, like just the inability to get to lose pucks, win puck battles, get in lanes, like it just wasn't there. The Calgary Flames were just having their way with us, and yeah. it literally, it literally, this is okay. This is the perfect way to explain it. It looks like in practice when you're running the power play and you have the the, the penalty kill hold their sticks upside down. Yeah, that's literally what it felt like. It's like they're not getting their their sticks on pucks. Nothing. There's just there was no, there was no battle winning at all. And uh, again, I mean, again, I don't like to use as an excuse. I hope that's what it is. You know, the party and they, maybe they did in Cancun or wherever the fuck they were. Uh, the and just, was the it Atlanta, the Atlantis resort in the Bahamas? I was, oh, the Bahamas. Close, I was following closely all week. It looked like a great time. Yeah. It looks like they had a blast. I mean, again, you want to have those times with your teammates sometimes, but young kids, you, I mean, you can't tell them not to. You know, yeah, no, you can't. Of, you, you can't. No. And you have fun. I, don't, I don't blame them. Like, I think they're young. Like, when I when I did that at, at that age, like, you can recover quickly from something like that. Yeah. They got back. I think they left on Wednesday, and they had Thursday and Friday in Buffalo to recalibrate their bodies. I don't necessarily think that's the reason. Um, the Flames are a good team. And as we'll see on Monday, the Kings are a really good team. Um they have a similar level of skill and speed that the Sabres do, but they also, as we've discussed, they have that physicality. Yeah. If the Sabres play like that on, on Monday night, they're going to get run out of the building, and I may run out of the building myself. Yeah, I'm surprised more fans didn't run out of the building today. Yeah. Uh, they went up 5-2. to two. After I that mean, Buffalo's, period, come back from, Buffalo's come back from those deficits uh, plenty of times this season. For sure. But, uh, yeah, this team just hates two-goal leads, by the way. They just fucking hate it. The worst uh, league in hockey. It is, but this team especially despise it. Um, literally just and, – and on Sabretooth's birthday too. Oh, of all days. to see it. I just found it funny that they actually they have like an actual birthday for their mascot. Like who does that? Yeah, I, I, this is the first time I've ever heard of anybody celebrating yeah. the mascots. Uh, whatever you, whatever you got to do to jump up fan engagement. But uh, I guess. I mean, normally you just want to win. Yeah, that that always helps. And the way they're performing at home, it's just oh, it's so bad. I don't know what it is. It's it's gotten to the point where you start to wonder if they're just in their own heads. Um, of course, they didn't play well, but that's kind of why I'm excited for this week. Like they've shown that they can go into a road building against all odds, be the underdog, and hopefully ramp up the intensity a little bit. Just get the puck deep, throw a few hits. You have the skill. You're going to score goals. They've scored goals all season long. Uh, it's You just got to play a, a simplified game. And they've gotten around the teams that have tried to stop them at the blue line, like clog up the neutral zone by dumping it deep, getting your guys down there that can actually skate, Paterka, Cousins, Tuck, and just forecheck. Just grind away until you can get an ugly goal. Not every goal needs to be Tage toe-dragging somebody and going top shelf. Not every goal needs to be a backdoor one-timer. Um, four check, grind it out, shoot the puck, do whatever you can to do to get a dirty goal. That's yep. That's what we need right now. Um, and unfortunately, it doesn't seem like they're capable of doing that on a consistent basis. 
That's and where me and you, me and you have talked plenty of times too that you know you can't un, you can't understate how important it is to have a good bottom six. Yeah. And right now, I mean, at what point are we promoting Peyton Krebs to the second line? It's got to be soon. I mean, like, 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 like yeah. I don't. I mean, I don't. I'm sure there's some some kid, some people in the analytics side of things that want to point to that line. Like, well, they're doing this or this. Well, I mean, they disappear too often. Yeah. Like, you brought Quinn and you drafted Quinn to be a goal scorer. He is not a goal scorer right now. Uh, I mean, who do you value more right now? Do you value uh, Jack Quinn or JJ Paterka more? I'm JJ Paterka. Yeah, I mean, he plays a much more complete game. Yeah, like that's a guy in the playoffs I want more on my roster than probably right now than Jack Quinn because yeah. there's no shootouts in, in, in the playoffs. For sure. Like, which is a, you know, it's a nice advantage to have. You know, he has filthy hands, but um, he just disappears. And it's, again, he's still young. He's what, 22? Like he's young, Paterka's young, um, but Peyton Krebs after that long, long scoring slump to start the season, he's really, really turned it around playing with Gurianson and Akposo, and maybe and I and I've said this before, maybe this is a situation where you got to take one of those guys. In my opinion, it should be Quinn. Put him down there with those them two, make him learn how to play a more physical brand of hockey. And when I say that, not be a guy who goes out there and looks just to be physical, but do exactly what Peyton Krebs has done down there. Yeah. Like not fight, but you know, win board battles, engage in front of the net. Uh, you know, just you know, play a play a brand of hockey that has a little bit of sandpaper in it. Um, because that was that's what Peyton Krebs has done now, and it's really it's really been a big positive for his game playing with Gergensen and Akposo. So I think that that is if I'm Granado, that, that's the next move I'm making is finding a way that makes sense to get Peyton Krebs on that second line. I know I think he's centering that line down there with them right now, but he has shown he can play on the wing. Yep. Um find a way to make it happen. Like that's what I would do. Yeah, you gotta you gotta yeah. switch up something. Uh, after those two games, yeah, um, you just got dog walked consecutively at, in your own building. Uh, yeah, oh. I wouldn't be surprised if they did. To be honest, like take the night. I don't know. They probably won't practice tomorrow. Um, maybe maybe they would. They do a, do a morning sure. practice and, and fly out um, after that. But yeah, it, something's got to something's got to give. Uh, I think yeah. Granado has. He's at least shown it at certain points. He's got a pretty good pulse of the team. And what to tinker with when you're at a real moment of truth. And I think after a game like that, you blow a two goal lead, you're getting outshot 30 to four in the second period um, after a nine day layoff. And you, you put that performance out there. I think he's got a general sense of, all right, we got it. We got to do something here. So I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if he does. Um, yeah. I, I think, I mean, Anybody not named Alex Tuck, Tate Thompson, or Jeff Skinner, um, or Dylan Cousins, like you gotta, you gotta have at least some brand of physicality if you're going to contribute to the team. Yep. I don't think you're ever going to get it from Middlestat and Olafson. I think that's kind of a lost cause at this point. Um, and they might not, they might even know that because it, it what you what you see is what you get with those guys. Um, but if you're Jack Quinn or Paterka or anybody else, like yeah, maybe putting them on the fourth line and just having them forecheck, grind it out, 
have a new aspect of their game that they can contribute something. Because otherwise, they're not contributing what they're supposed to contribute, which is goals. So, yeah, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. I, uh, again, the, like when that top line, if I mean, it doesn't really happen very often, but if they're not clicking or they're not having a good night, like your confidence in this team winning a hockey game goes down dramatically. Yeah. Um, because, your bottom, your bottom nine players haven't shown the ability. Your bottom nine forwards haven't shown the ability to put the team. You know, not so you got to put the team on their back, but be consistent enough to pick up the slack when your top three aren't clicking or not playing well. Um, and here's the thing: what if Tage Thompson's knocking what injury was worse? What if his injury is worse? Yeah, uh, I mean, like we said last time, if you lose him, you can you can sign and mail it in. Mail it in. You know, and it's true. It might as well have been when Eichel got hurt when we had Taylor Hall. The whole expectation was them two together were supposed to be phenomenal, and uh, it didn't end up working that way. Eichel was dealing with a lot of injuries during the season, and then the eventual neck injury uh, that, you know, ended up ending a season. But the God forbid something like that happens to Tage or Tuck or Skinner. And then, I mean, again, Tage especially, a guy who is on pace for close to 60 goals this season yeah. at thirty-five number 35 tonight. Uh, those guys go down. Any of those guys go down. Your, your your first line takes a hit that your team can't afford to take. No. So, um, some more comments here. Garbage performance. We got tossed around like school girls on the ice. Much more by a much more physical team. Oh, we already went over this one. Uh, Kim, uh, Chris, Derek, how pathetic. Just keep looking for fancy plays instead of just shooting it on net. The fact that this team has such a lousy effort in front of their fans. Again, we just we just spoke to that at home, but look incredible on the road is BS. Uh, Paramat pictures, throwing garbage cans. Page, page right out of Shorzy. Uh, yeah, season two just announced too, I believe. Uh, yeah. yeah, can't wait. UPL is not the answer present and future poor positioning, poor following the puck needs to stand taller. Uh, just get ready for more Mauricio <laughs> turnovers, turnovers, pastry chefs, poor puck management, every damn player uh, lost cause, no comment, lost words, always excuses, always apologies, always justification, same old sabers, unprepared, uninspired. Where's the coaching circus act, home games, Pagula ringleader uh, trade for a goaltender. UPL is a scrub trade him or demote him. Uh, get a defenseman, Adams family. <laughs> we always get pushed around. Thanks, Adams, for nothing. Quinn and Paterka sending the AHL for more seasoning. Uh, that's out of the question right now. They'd have to clear waivers, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah. that's out of the question. Uh, solutions, solutions help SOS. Uh, that was a grim game, boys. Feels bad, man. Uh, when push comes to shove in the months going into the playoffs, you need to get a tough to get tougher and show the opposition you're not going to break or even, or give into their shit. hundred percent agree, Chris. If they brought in someone to bring in the physicality up to the front, I fear the coaching staff would turn them into the soft skilled players that we already have and don't really need. Um, I don't know about that. Uh, if you bring in a seasoned guy who knows his role, uh, that knows, He's not going to be that guy. I don't think that the coaching staff would try and turn him into, you know, to be a skill guy. I think yeah. that he would serve his purpose in the bottom six. Yeah. Um, I sure would hope not. That would be pretty no. <laughs> wild. That would be a. Um, <laughs> hey, bring in Ryan Reeves and just throw him in your top, throw him in your, on your second line. Let's go, God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
you're, you're going to get that line off the ground. Uh, yeah. well, I, uh, again, I, I don't know what it's going to take. I don't know what the next month has. I, I said this morning after hockey in the locker room, uh, with the boys said, you know, this next two weeks are going to determine a lot. I think of what Kevin Adams decisions will be at the deadline because every point from here out matters so much. And, you can't really afford to have stinkers like this. No. Like even getting loser points, like they matter so much right now. You I mean you get a loser point, you're still only what one point, you'd be two points back from Pittsburgh right now instead of three. Yeah. You know, find weight, you know, you gotta grind, you know, and to, to the point of being a tough rack team, grind out games to make sure they get to overtime, even when you're not having your best game to get those loser points. Um, I, I don't know, I don't know what has to be done. I don't know who's available out there. Obviously, two big names just came off the board in, in uh, uh, Tarasenko and Horvat. Um, and again, I'm not looking, I don't think you're going to see a big splash out of Kevin Adams, but um, something needs to be done. Um, you need to send it, not just a message to your team, but a message to the fan base that you truly care about winning and truly care about changing the culture and allowing another late season collapse is, is not showing that you care about improving the culture and keeping the fans around. Yeah. Did I lose it? That, that, that would, that would be a crippling blow to the trajectory of yeah. this team. Yes. Um, everything that they've done when win back the, uh, the fan base to win back the feeling to remind everybody of 506 to remind everybody of 0607 and even of like, 2011, when when they made the playoffs and eventually lost the seven games to the Flyers, like that team was, yeah. The last time we went, that team at least was exciting, encouraging, and they they had, of course, they had Ryan Miller, uh, which is the the ultimate uh, question moving forward. Like, who is going to take this net and not give it back? And my opinion, it's going to be Devin Levi, but we're going to have to wait a couple years for that. Um, So yeah, in the meantime. You don't have that a hundred percent sure answer and goal. And I, I still, I'm not going to give up on UPL because he's made strides. Like he's, he's been great. Um, but while you don't have that sure thing, you need to do whatever you can to fill out that bottom six, to make your defense at least passable because right now it's kind of a joke. And if you're not going to score four or five goals a night, you're going to lose every single game. So yeah, this upcoming road trip is, is do or die. Um, it really is. If they, if they lose all three, you may you maybe just mail it in. Um, if you win one of three, maybe that encourages you more to make a deal. And if you even win two or three or three of three, maybe that like signals like, okay, like we had two really, really bad games and we play better on the road, but that'd be this- the ultimate conundrum. If you if you go three for three, win all three on the road, and like you, you come out, you come home and you but just like, can't figure it out. We would all be happy with that. Like, of course there could be a trend, like they don't play as well at home and like, yeah, that needs to be addressed. But if they win all three in this road trip, like Monday's going to be tough. The Kings are a very good team. Um, and they are, they've, they're at the end of their build right now. And they obviously brought in Fiala to, to help with that. And it seems like it's worked. Um, but the Ducks and the Sharks, like you absolutely have to win those. You need four of six. You don't get four of six. Yeah. See you later. Uh, I mean, the Capitals are up one nothing on the Bruins right now. Um, so it's it's going to get scary pretty quickly once these teams round into form. I, the Panthers, who we all thought likely 
potentially could have won the Atlantic this year. Uh, they're coming on strong. You saw Kachuk yeah. in the All Star in the All Star game. He was unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and they have so much skill. Like they're similar similarly constructed as the Sabers are, but they probably have more skill. Um, and they like is is not as much physicality as they have as like the Bruins. They probably have more than the Sabers. Every team in the league probably has more than the Sabers, and we saw that today. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it's it's gonna get real pretty quickly here. You just need to get tougher. Uh, speaking of the All-Star game, uh, skills competition, horrendous. Yeah, I didn't watch much of it. It put me to sleep. Yeah. It was so bad. It was um, so cringe. It's just we, like, what are we doing? We, yeah. We posted a video from the two goalies. We posted that video from the two goalies one mic uh, handle and about, of the 99 or 98 skills competition and how much better that looked, even with the grainy video. Like, it was just like – they were all smiling. They were all having fun. It was quick. The breakaway relay, it really showcased what was great about the players back then. You know, you know, they actually used the helmet cam the entire time, whereas I yeah. think you got barely any use out of it this year. And just the gimmicky stuff, the whole golf shot, that was so fucking stupid. And, like, you could tell the players wanted nothing to do with the stupid questions they were being asked. Like, it's just dumb. But uh, it did seem like the Atlantic team was getting into it during the actual game itself. Yeah. Um, it uh, looks like they were having a little bit of fun. Um, and then, you, you, like, that kind of stuff. I mean, I would even be in favor of just going back to the five-on-five five, east versus west. Like, just 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 do that. Mic up the players. Mic up the, 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 the right players that are going to, you know, make the best of it and make it entertaining. Like the way you guys – like the way they used to do with, like, Jeremy Roenick back in the day, who was always very outspoken. Actually – uh, one of the only players ever in the history of the game to actually throw hits during the All-Star game, and he hit the same player all th- – he, he did it three times, and he, it was the same player all three times, and it was a coincidence. He didn't mean to he, – he, ad- he addressed this on a podcast. Uh, do you know what player that was? No, I don't. Alexi Jetnik. He hit him three different times in three different All-Star games, and it was he wasn't targeting him. He just happened to be the guy. Uh, not saying you got to go out there and hit people, but just, you know – Find guys that are entertaining and make it fun for the people watching at home. Um, and enough with the gimmicks in, yeah. in, in, you know, in the, uh, in the skills comp. Like just, I don't need it. I, I really don't need it. <laughs> like, I mean, if you're, if you're hoping for Gary Bettman to make meaningful and intangible change to any of this, like don't hold your breath. He doesn't care. I think he's, he's getting everything he, uh, can possibly can out of this job and he will until he he kicks the can to be honest like i honestly do not think he cares about the the quality of the game the health of the league anything other than that and i think he's shown that over the years i mean the espn deal i think is obviously the best thing that's happened to hockey in a long time same with tnt but other than that which is just broadcast money for the league he doesn't care he's not going to do anything he's not going to have focus groups he's not going to ask anybody their opinion because for him, like it's a niche sport. It's the fourth most popular sport in, in North America, and it always will be. So, um, yeah, as long as he's at the helm, I don't think anything's going to change. Do you remember uh, it was a show, NHL Cool Shots? Not often. I'm a little bit older than you, but it was a show that they used to do just on, on ESPN. It was fucking awesome, even back. I remember they unveiled they, – they almost unveiled the Sabres jerseys once, uh, the Goathead jersey once on NHL Cool Shots. They did like a – an almost reveal show is pretty cool. But there was this one episode where this one, this one girl was interviewing Paul Valbure 
and he started hitting on her in Russian. It was so cringy, but it was so funny. Uh, Chris Peters, uh, uh, you know, friend of the program, did an article on it once when he was working with ESPN, and he goes, like, he kept on, like, trying to teach her Russian, and she goes, oh, what does that mean? He's like, oh, it means you are beautiful. You are beautiful. <laughs> Hitting on her, one of the greatest Russian, one of the greatest hockey players of his time and his era. And personally, in my opinion, you know, I know Ovechkin's chasing Gretzky, but I think Burray would have made it interesting had he had a full, healthy career. Uh, you know, in terms of you know where he'd be in terms of the goal scoring kings, because that guy averaged fifty goals a season when he was healthy. You know, yeah, a couple times, yeah. and that was in the dead puck era where you know you had, you still had two line pass and things like that. Uh, you know, I couldn't have only imagined you know, had he been healthy come, coming out of like the lockout years, you know, even a little bit in old age, you know, what he can be able to do. But uh, yeah, just, just, you know, entertainment and content the NHL used to put out back in the day. I enjoyed that more back then as, you know, even though I was a kid than yeah. what I see now, it's just fucking garbage. Even the ESPN deal. It's like, you have to, you have to fucking subscribe to ESPN plus. It's stupid. Like It is nice for out of town. The fact that I can watch every single Sabres game with just the click of a button is Oh, so it, I'm sure it's great. It's great. Yeah. But, you know, for those people who already live in Buffalo, yeah, like, why no, do I have to subscribe to this to watch these games? It's yeah, stupid. no, it's, it's dumb. But, yeah, for out-of-towners, it's it's amazing. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I guess that in terms of fixing that, in the Pro Bowl, the NFL Pro Bowl, they actually had fun. Like, yeah. like football, you can tell they were having fun. It was, definitely better, it was definitely better than the actual, like, game that they had done in the past because that yeah. was pointless. Um yeah, I mean that's a step in the right direction for sure. But, but at the same time, Manning coming on the off the field at the end of the game and freaking out on the ref. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> that's fantastic. But at the end of the day, they're just they're just doing these things to fill time to fill sponsorship requirements. Yeah, um, it's it's hard to say like what's the perfect answer for it, but obviously the the NHL All Star Game can do a, a lot a lot better than what they've better. done recently. Yeah, but, uh, we'll just go fucking play on a pond at this point if you're gonna keep yeah. your next seriously roller hockey. Or or make the all star game an outdoor game then like I don't I don't know what you got to do, yeah like go play it at Lake Tahoe again like you did that one game during the during COVID, yeah. like figure something out man like because you know it's losing more and more interest every single year and that skills competition was so fucking pathetic just I would just go back to the old skills of the late nineties early two thousands when t- players actually gave a shit that's just my opinion but uh, do you have anything else? Not that I wouldn't rehash from what we've said already. I think obviously you have to you have to look at this one and and try to compartmentalize like what happened in terms of the lack of effort or the lack of scoring opportunities. Obviously, defense has been an issue all season long, but you look at it for maybe tonight, you forget about it, and then you do whatever you possibly can to get four or five to six on this road trip. Because if you don't do that, it, it could be over before the end of February. Um, and I think that's not what a lot of fans want to hear. I'm usually pretty optimistic when it comes to the Sabres, but they've shown me time and time again that this is the time of the year, or even prior to this, unfortunately, that they have not performed. Um, when it gets tough, when it gets physical. Um, and if they don't show something on Monday night against a really good Kings team, yeah. It's going to be really, really ugly moving forward. So I hope they do. I hope they change something up. Granados maybe switches up the line, switches up the defense. Maybe, maybe bring somebody up. I don't know. Bring them on the trip. Do something to wake these guys up because otherwise it, it could get really bad. Who's uh God? Who is it? The uh, the big boy 
down in Rochester. Um, Ford, I forget his name. Uh, he plays a little bit of a heavier game. Not NHL ready, but a guy that maybe you could bring into your lineup as, you know. You want to bring someone on the trip just to send a message? Yeah, do it. 100%. I, I, would, I would be in favor of that. Sit down, Quinn. Sit down, somebody. Sit down, God, sit down, Middlestead at this point. I know he scored a goal today, but. Other than that, like I don't know, man. You got you got to send a message. Um, you have to. If they don't, if they don't, at least perform somewhat admirably on Monday. Yeah. Like I think the Ducks game's probably in question, and same with the Sharks. So we'll see yeah. what happens. It's not it's not over yet. Um, still got three games. Not, it's not over yet. It ain't over till it's over. No, nope, no. Nope. Uh, we still got time. Is, a much better position than they they usually are. So per, per Chris Johnson. On Twitter at reporter Chris, word is the San Jose Sharks and Oilers have re-engaged on Eric, Car- Eric Carlson trade discussions. There are considerable financial hurdles on both ends, but it's at least the second time this season they've explored a potential fit. Is that Connor McDavid putting pressure on management? Probably. I mean, it's I'd have to imagine, right? Yeah. I mean, well, I don't necessarily think he's that type of guy, but maybe subliminally, uh, they all know that they're not going to win the West with, with how they're currently constructed. You bring in no. a guy like Eric Carlson, obviously like he's not going to fix healthy. If he stays healthy, but like imagine him on that power play. <laughs> like, They'd be unstoppable. They would absolutely be was, unstoppable. Uh, I was watching his, his assist this season. I think Dimitri uh, Filipovich um, over the, the athletic or I forget who he works for, but maybe sports net, but either way he tweeted out all of Eric, uh, Eric Carlson's, he called them dimes this season. I think 75% of them were to Timo Meyer, but some of the passes and plays he's made this year are just jaw-dropping. Yeah. Like, it's Eric Carlson from the Senators back in the day. Like, he is as good as he's yeah. ever been. Um, he did the so, same thing with Darlene, too. I, I think we posted it uh, right around the All-Star break. Um, I took the from Dimitri his, on Darlene and his ability. They weren't all goals scored or even assists, no. but just the, the plays he's made with uh, that toe drag of his – yeah. at the blue line and using patience and finding, finding Creating space and just yeah. doing anything you can to, to use the amount of ice that's given to you to, to create chances. That's what the game's all yeah. about. Uh, they didn't do any of that today. Uh, which agree. Really, really unfortunate, but yeah, Carlson with McDavid and dry would be something to behold. It would be, it absolutely would. Um, and I mean, the power play is honestly, if this team does make a push to make a playoff spot, I think that's the only reason I would even keep Olofsson around just for that second unit and stability there, just because, I mean, special teams are crucial when it comes to the postseason. And I would say not now I'm not saying this in terms of next season, because I think he's good is gone after next season. Uh, you know, cause he's got one year left on that bridge deal or that from the arbitrator that he took. Um, but um, I think, power play, his ability to, to bolster that second unit, or even in times when he fills down the first unit, there is value there, especially in the playoffs. But that being said, I think there are plenty of other players on this team that are very expendable uh, when it comes, not plenty, but there are other players more so than him that are expendable to help improve this team, to make them more fit for to play in the playoffs. For sure. Um, but yeah, that's all I got, man. Uh, always pleasure to get on here with you for sure uh, no. and, uh, i'll be uh, i'll be in the building on monday night so if anything goes I'll down have i will have you live tweet bud something yeah I'll, uh, I'll do whatever i'll do whatever i need to do it's always a good time down at uh 
crypto.com arena, formerly yeah. known as Staples Center. Uh, we got a 24 person box uh, next to a box of, I think, 19 other Sabres fans. So I hope I hope it doesn't freak them out, but there's going to be a lot of Sabres fans in the building. Get after uh, it, man. They'll, they'll hear us. There. We're going to be pretty there's a, there. There is a there's a page on Twitter, the Display Sabres Display, fans. Yeah. yeah. You get, make sure you get in on that, man. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll try to Those bring you over. And, uh, believe me, we've uh, we've started the uh, the shout chant in the in the halls yeah. of Staples Center. I'll, I'll have to get some. I'll, I'll have to get some two goalies, one like uh, business cards made up, and send them out to you, and start handing them out over there. Yeah. Kings Cali. fans are Kings fans are an absolute joke. Uh, so it's not it's not that much of an accomplishment to take over that building, uh, but we've played well over the years there, uh, especially yep. recently. So. Hopefully, uh, God, God willing, we do that on Monday. I agree. Uh, with that being said, man, you know, I'll hang up and listen. I hope everybody uh, enjoys the rest of their Saturday, more so than the previous couple hours of Sabres hockey. And, uh, you know, we'll catch you next time. Hopefully, you know, if we, me and you can rip another episode of Two Goalies on Mike here soon. Um, hopefully a Cully on with us. But, uh, you know, until next time, I am Dwayne for Cully. Connor Hurley here, uh, all the way from uh, California, chiming in for I'll hang up and listen. Uh, you guys have a great weekend, and let's go Sabres. Hey, everybody, this is Dwayne from Two Goalies, One Mike, a show where we give you a behind-the-mask coverage of the greatest sport on earth, whether it be happening right here in Buffalo or around the hockey world. Now you might be thinking, hey, Dwayne, why would I want to hear what you two idiots have to say about hockey? Well, first of all, rude. Second of all, we bring in coaches, players, analysts from your favorite programs from ESPN to Sportsnet to TSN. We're always on it. If you're a Sabres fan or just a hockey fan, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can check us out at trainwrecksports.com or the Dean Blundell Podcasting Network. Thank you for your support, guys, and I'll hang up and listen. Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. Come on, let's go to the Blue Hotel. The podcast that goes everywhere the imagination dares. It's for the open-minded, the pleasure seeker. It's Jeff Woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality, theme-based with special guests, the Blue Hotel Hotline, and every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story. Get a room and listen in at the Blue Hotel. Begins Friday, September 23rd.